All right, I'm going to begin by inviting you to take a short cultural quiz. Okay, so think about all of the Ten Commandments, and probably you guys can't think of all of them because, you know, there's always a couple that are hard to hold on to. Um, but think of the Ten Commandments that, that you're able to see, see inside your head, and then think about, think about the only Ten the only commandment of the Ten Commandments that if you broke it, culture applauds you. So if you break this specific Ten Commandment, people tell you, good job, or I'm proud of you, or good for you, okay? Of the Ten Commandments, think of the only Ten Commandment or a commandment of the 10, that if you broke it, culture applauds you. And so as you all are thinking about this commandment, I'm gonna tell you guys a brief update on me. Um, so um, I keep beehives and I sell honey. So in a huge part of, a huge part of our business goes to the Broadmoor Hotel, and I, I fully supply the Broadmoor Hotel, so as far as all of the honey that they have to have, so it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds, and so every September, I take the Broadmoor Hotel, this big, um, this big package of honey, and um, so to, to go out there in the fields and to collect it and then to pull it from the comb uh, takes forever and then to drive it down there. So, um, so something that the Broadmoor has done for us uh, from the family perspective, and it's really cool. Uh, so our whole f family will go down there and they will actually pay for our hotel room. They'll pay for all of our food. And it's just kind of like this this thing that our family is like excited about for, for every time. Like it's like this big, cool thing and our kids talk about, it's time to go to the Broadmoor, is it time to go to the Broadmoor yet? Time to, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so, so everyone's super excited about the Broadmoor. So the Broadmoor order had been due on this past Thursday evening. And so, um, I had like a ton of things about to happen. Like so, so, so I had a sermon coming up uh, and then I had a whole bunch of things as, as far as college goes coming up, um, our Sunday evening programming um, here at the church. Um, it's um, pronghorn season is gonna begin here in a bit and I haven't shot a whole lot and this is in the back of my head. I got all this honey I need to pull and, I, and just tons of things. And on Tuesday, I thought, I'm not sure I can go to the Broadmoor. Like I, it just doesn't, doesn't fit in my schedule. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, so I'm just gonna send the family down to go and enjoy the hotel and all this, but I don't have time to do it. I'm just booked. So to answer the question I began as far as the 10 commandments, I said, I said tell me the command from the 10 commandments that, that if you broke it, culture applauds you, it is to honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Who, who picked the Sabbath day? 
Yes, we have five people. Yes, so, so typically in our culture, okay, of the, the 10 commandments and the Sabbath day to honor it and keep it holy is a commandment. Like, it's like, you must do this. But who cares about the Sabbath, right? In fact, so if you break the Sabbath, you don't keep Sabbath. There isn't a 24-hour time period that you set apart from God because you're so busy, you're so successful, you have things going on. Good for you. That's the thing that culture says. It's Sabbath just doesn't fit our, our time, our schedule, our habits, our culture, our health patterns. Um, but people had been created to experience Sabbath. Sabbath, it, it comes from the seven days of creation. God built the earth in six days. And then on the seventh, he said, it is good. It is finished. I am done. And on the seventh day, he didn't do anything. And he just enjoyed the happiness of everything that he created. And so Sabbath talks about that seventh day. It's enjoying the happenings of God and what he built. Sabbath invites you into this space that proclaims it is finished. Uh, it's a perspective. It is this place that it says, I can quit doing things and the earth continues to spin around. I do not cause the sun to go up and I don't cause the sun to go down. And that seems pretty obvious to, to us, but it isn't because sometimes I think that if I quit doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing, everything's gonna fall apart, and that's dumb. Sabbath invites us into this space to proclaim to God, you are God, and I am not. So, Exodus 20, verse eight, it talks about Sabbath. Here it is. So as a congregation, help me out here. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. On it, you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For, for in six days, God made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is within them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed it. Sabbath and made the day holy. Exodus 20, 8 through 11. This is a command. It's like, like God built people, the earth, and the animals to experience this time of rest. I think culturally, culture is all about performance. It's all about how available you are, and it's about the things that make sense. It seems that the more I see the things of God and experience the things of God, his things don't make sense. It, 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 it's like almost jarring to culture. It's like a hindrance. It's like a, a 
stake in the spokes of the bicycle of progress. It's like God saying, stop. You don't need to do this. You weren't built to always be on. So our church is doing this sermon series on solitude, and it's like based on this idea of taking time to breathe. It's taking time to practice being present to ourselves. It's taking time to practice being present to our hearts. It's taking time to be present to God. And it's almost like telling ourselves, I exist and I am here. And at the same time, it's showing God you exist and you are here. And it's this cohesion of the two. There is God, there is me, and, and there's this heartbeat of gospel between us. And this is the goal. And a bunch of times, I would say, a lot of the calling of Jesus and the calling of God to see him, to pursue him, to carve out time or, or, or to be the time that is his time, it just doesn't make sense in culture. For instance, um, in, uh, in South Carolina, in, well, in, so South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, Delaware, Virginia, um, and there's a couple others. People can't hunt on Sundays, right? And so for people who hunt, it's like, right, you can't hunt on Sundays in a whole, like, you know, South, South Carolina, North Carolina, you know, all these states, especially these, these places that have, like, big animals. And you can't hunt on Sundays. And it's called the Sabbath cause of hunting. And so, so culture and the people who hunt those spaces absolutely hate it because a bunch of people, that's the only time that they have to hunt. But they don't back down. Like they keep this idea that the animals should have a day off from being hunted. It isn't for the people at all. It's like, they don't care about the hunters. It's saying that the animals need a break. Stop pursuing them. Stop shooting them. Stop eating them. Stop, you just stop. As a hunter, I love that. There's something about it that shoots down the entitlement that, that I have to be outside pursuing things. There's something from the animal's perspective, too, that creates the space of breath. Furthermore, culturally speaking, it doesn't make any sense at all. And the things that don't make any sense at all, I love it because it has more value than the things that do make sense. And it pushes us into spaces that challenges us. There is this guy who I think is the coolest. He is an Orthodox Jewish hip hop guy. Um, and he, his nickname is Madishahu, and that's Hebrew for Matthew. And um, he's, he's like, he's brilliant. Um, he is brilliant. Um, he became very, very, very popular. He, tours everywhere, he, he throws big shows. And his big thing in the past had been that he doesn't do concerts on 
Friday night because that's the beginning of Sabbath. So, so in the Jewish culture, Sabbath begins on Friday night when the sun goes down and then it ends on Sunday evening during the time that the sun goes down. It's a 24-hour period. And I really, really think that that's a beautiful practice, having a 24-hour period of Sabbath compared to I have a Sabbath practice that I get up on Sunday and then I go to bed on Sunday and that's my Sabbath. Kind of a side note here. But there's something that's really beautiful about beginning a Sabbath practice in the evening because you get to go to bed in the Sabbath and then you get to get up in the Sabbath. And there's something really beautiful about that. Anyway, so this guy, he doesn't do concerts on Friday nights because he's the Orthodox Jewish guy, right? Like like top hat, black coat, seat seats, the beard, the tassels, the all-in type of guy. And he sings about Torah, he sings about the commands, he talks about King David. Like, it's just gorgeous stuff, right? Like, I love him. Um, but because of, like, the genre, he brings in all these different sorts of people. So then something happened is he opened up, right? He opened up and he changed his perspective on Sabbath and he said, okay, I'm going to begin doing shows on Friday night. And I got to go to his first Friday night show because I was expectant. Like he's, he is an pushover, right? He's not someone to compromise, especially Sabbath, you know, because he's an Orthodox Jew. And so um, he, like his body is so tall, like he's this tall, like skinny guy. And so I remember it was, it was downtown Denver at the Paramount and it was packed and people were smoking pot and they're, trip being on drugs and like it was just like the show and I'm standing in the back just kind of like I don't know how I feel about this all of this this package and then he's I don't know so anyway he's this tall trench coat top hat beard down here he comes out in the center of the stage and you could hear a pin drop and he has his coat on. And then he begins the Jewish call to prayer as if he was inviting people into Sabbath in Yiddish. And I thought, oh my gosh, I am a part of something holy. And there are all these people who have no idea what they are about to experience and what they have been invited into. He did this whole Shabbat practice, this whole Hebraic service in Yiddish, in hip hop, and everyone loved it. <laughs> I could sob right now, going back to how I felt in that moment, because he embodied at that point for me, especially because like, like the thing I enjoyed about him was so like how orthodox he was, like how, how perfectly like Torah he had been. Like, I love that. And to be honest, it bothered me that he was compromising his Sabbath values and I was going to see it. And I did. 
And he changed what I saw Sabbath to be from an Orthodox Jewish perspective. So in the passage that the Pharisees confront Jesus about doing things on the Sabbath, and Jesus says, here it is, um, he says to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. I experienced that firsthand. Is this guy at the Paramount Theater brought Sabbath to men instead of inviting the men into Sabbath. It was this gift. It was this, I want to show, your, show you this idea of what it would be like if heaven crashed into earth. I want you to experience, even though you don't even know what Sabbath is, you can't understand anything I'm saying in Yiddish. You can feel it, can't you? And they did. And people danced and sang and celebrated till two in the morning. And it was brilliant. This idea that Sabbath is for man and not man for Sabbath flips everything on the head. It's like it is gift. It is not law. It's a command, but it's a command to open the present. You know, it's kind of like being, being totally offered the experience to stay at the Broadmoor Hotel for free and all your food will be paid for. Bring your family and someone says no. That would be dumb, don't you think? It would be like every six days, God saying, I've got this. Sit down. Be present to yourself. Be present to your heart. Be present to me. See that there is an it is finished reality. Because Sabbath, the thing that Sabbath isn't, Sabbath is not a day off to finish the things that you have to get done. Okay, like for a bunch of us, that's a thing it is. It's like our Sabbath is a day off to get the things done that you haven't gotten done to propel us ahead for the future. The Sabbath perspective proclaims it is finished and it is good. And so a very easy idea of practicing Sabbath begins from a heartbeat of, of just bringing to yourself the idea of if things had been finished, if all things are finished, who would I be and sit in that? If everything I had to do was done, what would I do then and do that? You see, Sabbath is not just the opportunity to sleep. It's the opposite of sleep. That's why I brought up this idea of getting up in the Sabbath. It's to get up in the reality of things are finished. And I can sit and I can be and I can enjoy a day, a whole day, physically and spiritually proclaiming it's finished. If I don't do the thing that I feel like I should do today, the sun will go down and the sun will go up. And it is okay. Sabbath is the opportunity to bend towards God. It's to fight culture. It's, it's to do something that doesn't make sense because 
You were meant for it. You were built for it. To avoid Sabbath is to like say, I own a car, but I don't ever change the oil because it doesn't, it's not important. Everyone would say, the oil in your car is really important and you should change it every, you know? To avoid Sabbath, to not practice Sabbath is to have a car and say, I don't ever have to change the oil. That's stupid. You need to take a break often. And God tells you how often that you need to take a break. I often find that talking on the topic of Sabbath, that, that people just say, I don't have time for it. I know, I don't either. That's the end of the thought process. I don't either. See, t- time, if I think time is my own, I do not have time to give because I am way too busy. And the people I know who don't practice Sabbath, and it is a practice. I call it a practice because it is hard to stop. I have to practice stopping. I have to practice saying, I'm not God. I need to practice saying, I don't cause the sun to come up and go down. I need to practice saying, I'm not that important. It's a practice. Sabbath practices are a practice because I'm bad at it. But people say, I do not have time to practice Sabbath. And I would then say, I don't think you have time to avoid Sabbath either. Those who I know who keep Sabbath, they will say it's like a time catalyst. That in Sabbath and in Sabbath keeping and in the practice of a 24-hour, you are God, I am not. I don't have to do this to cause the earth to spin. It is finished perspective. That out of that, it feels as if you have all the time on the planet for everything. But to be addicted to time and that you are the owner of time and that you are a production and you are a machine sucks your time, sucks your heart, sucks your identity, sucks your purpose, and it just sucks. To practice Sabbath gives it back. It puts everything in the place it should be. It puts you in this place of, oh yeah, it is finished. He did do it. He did it physically. He did it spiritually. And I sit in it. And he says, it is good. Jesus is our Sabbath. He is the ultimate Sabbath keeper. There are people and traditions that say that Jesus came back from the dead on the eighth day, creating this alternate day of eternal Sabbath the eighth day. And it's this idea that it is finished from the beginning to the end and every place in between. Your spiritual Sabbath has been taken care of and you cannot do anything but enjoy it. So enjoy it, practice it. You are not God, but he is. It's beautiful. So how do you keep Sabbath? And, and there are so, so, there are tons of interpretations and ideas and codes. And there are two things that the 
Jewish people have to say, have, have uh, that define the thing that Sabbath kind of is. They would say, for someone to practice Sabbath, um, it's impossible to earn a profit on it. Um, so you cannot do anything that, that, that goes towards a profit. And the second thing is you have to enjoy it. So if, if Sabbath is something that you absolutely hate, that isn't keeping Sabbath. Like, like they would say that you actually have to build and create your Sabbath so it's enjoyable to you. And if you don't enjoy your Sabbath, then you broke the Sabbath command. Right? How hard is it for some of us to actually do things that, that, that are actually enjoyable? <laughs> we were built to enjoy things. And, and God built us to not always go forward and earn profits. But our culture says just the opposite. You don't have to enjoy this. You need to work harder and work harder and work harder. If you break Sabbath, good for you. Work harder, work harder, work harder, and you will die in the end, and people will give you two thumbs up. God says, no, I invite you into this place to see who you are physically, to see who you are spiritually, and to see who I am as God in this it is finished reality and enjoy it. Because prophets don't exist anyway. How many of us are burnt out on everything? On Tuesday, I, I was burnt out. I am burnt out. Um, I, I was talking about honey. I was talking about my family. I was talking about our Sunday evening program. I was talking about the sermon. I was talking about all the things that I had to do that I said, I just can't take a day off to be with my family at a free vacation at the most expensive hotel in Colorado. It was a gift. And so I thought that would be a perfect ending to my sermon. And so I forced, forced then myself to go. And so even though I had all this stuff to do, I crammed it in, I got it done. I packed our truck up full of honey in the back and we drove it down to the Broadmoor Hotel. So, so every time we go to the Broadmoor, they pay for this hotel room and then they pay for us to get these hamburgers and stuff like that. And it's super cool and the kids love it. And so I go to check in at the hotel and I said, I have a hotel room here. It's fully comped, blah, blah, blah. And they said, I don't think you do. In fact, the, the executive chef has a cottage for you tonight. And I was like, of course he does. It, it, so it wasn't the hotel room, it was a cottage. And it was like bedrooms. And, and so our family goes to this cottage and we open the doors and there's a fire in the fireplace and there's a fruit basket on the table that said, we are so honored to have you staying here with us. And the kids start jumping on these beds that were more expensive than our house. And, um, and it was just like, of course, it was this thing that I expected. Again, it was so much bigger and better. And then, then we get a call from the executive chef and said, I, uh, I'm, I paid for you to go to this Italian 
place instead of your hamburger place. And, and it was just like, you've got to be kidding me. And all these like cool, and I was like, I am so glad I came. That that's how Sabbath works. You feel like it's inconvenient, it doesn't fit, you don't have time, but right in the center of it, whenever you slam on the pause button and say, he is God, I am not, I can stop, and you are experiencing breath and pause, that feeling of, I am so glad I came, happens, and it's beautiful, and it is good. Because aren't you tired of being hunted? Aren't you tired of being hunted by culture, by your emails, by your computers, by your friends, because they are so needy? Aren't you tired of being hunted by, by people asking for bills and for you to be producing? Aren't you tired of being hunted? It's all culture, all society, all animals, all creation was built to have a break. And it goes against everything that you are programmed to think. Praise God, because you don't deserve to be hunted all the time by the chaos, by the production, by the show, by your jobs. Enjoy it. Do you see your families? Do you see your spouses? Do you take a break to see your kids? 24 hours of it is finished perspective. 24 hours, if you didn't have anything to do, what is it that you would do? This is a gift. Don't be an idiot, really, really. And God makes it a command. God is amazing. He commands you to enjoy your life. Who would say no to that? Abraham Heschel, who is this, this like brilliant Jewish guy, he said, of all the 10 commandments, the greatest command is to honor the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Because if you can do that, all of the other commands are followed perfect. What does that mean? If you find the answer to that, you have experienced God and all of his brilliance. Please pray with me. Please pray with me. Oh, Jesus, you are our Sabbath. You are our breath, you are our pause, you are our break, you are our God. You are the creator and the one we rest in. It is through you that all of us proclaim it is finished. Jesus, your name is holy. It sets us apart. Jesus, your practices are holy. They set us apart. Jesus, following you is actually following you. Show us the places you are going. Give us clear eyes. 
in the spaces you are, create eternal opportunities for us to be present to ourselves. Create opportunities for us to be present to our hearts. And show us that you are always present. You are not hiding. There are some of us here who have felt as if God has been hiding from us. That he's been hard to see, he's been hard to hear, he's been hard to feel. But I tell you the truth, God is not playing hide and seek. He wants to be found. He is in full glory and full spectrum, in all color, here, now, forever, and ever. Jesus, show us that you are here and want to be seen and heard. For those of us who are burnt out and tired, for those of us who are tired of performing, tired of being perfect, tired of being super awesome all the time, Jesus, give us a break. Show us that Sabbath is for us and it is finished. Jesus, thank you for the truth that you are and the truth that you're inviting us into now to experience the freedom of rest and the freedom of your presence.